Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com, recording this week's show on Sunday, March the 6th, 2022, the 4th, since it's the evening, Sunday evening, the 4th of Adarbet 5782. Hope you are well, hope you are safe in your part of the world. If you're listening, of course, from Eastern Europe, hope you are safe over there. And we could probably, as we have done, I guess, over the last week or two, dedicate a ton of time to the situation in the Ukraine, Russia's attack on the Ukraine. We're going to, especially in the second part of the show, we're going to focus on other things. There's an amazing organization here in Israel called High Lifeline. And this organization has a program called Wish at the Wall. And what it is, is a very special program that brings childhood cancer survivors and a parent here to Israel on a trip of a lifetime. If you're familiar with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, it's similar to that. And in this case, everyone, uh, these childhood cancer survivors, comes to Israel and experiences the entire country in a jam-packed schedule. Um, Really, it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of health. So in the second half of the show, we're going to speak to the director of the Wish at the Wall program, Rabbi Shlomo Crandall, along with Amanda Kaufman, a childhood cancer survivor, and her mother, Susie. We'll speak to them in the second half of the show. Now we will touch on just a few news items before we get to the interview. Uh, The Jerusalem Post reported here today on Sunday that Israel has a moral obligation to try to bring an end to the human suffering in the war in Ukraine. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said at the start of this morning's cabinet meeting. The remarks came after, soon after Bennett spoke with Ukrainian President Zelensky on Sunday for the third time in 24 hours, updating him on the Prime Minister's one-day journey to Moscow. That was a surprise, which many of us found out about at the end of the Shabbat. Naftali Bennett, Prime Minister Bennett, meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin, and then on to Berlin to meet with German Chancellor Olaf Schultz. Uh, The Prime Minister said, I went to Moscow and Berlin to try to help bring a dialogue between all the sides with the blessing and encouragement of all the players. Bennett said that even if the chances are not great, he sees it as Israel's moral responsibility to make every attempt because he he has good contacts with both sides of the conflict. And I know, and I'll admit it, last week I said I did not think our Prime Prime Minister should get in the middle uh, of this conflict. I know that there are other world leaders who are involved, I was of the opinion that uh, Israel should stay out of it. Again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will lead to an end to the conflict, but I still am just not 100% comfortable with the tiny nation of Israel getting involved when we have so much at stake, when we have a situation in Syria where the Russians essentially control a large swath of that landmass where Israel unofficially, of course, Israel is not taking credit for strikes on terror targets in Syria, Iranian proxies there. And then we have um, the Ukraine where the vast, vast majority of the world community um, siding, of course, with Ukraine. Now, at the same time, Uh, Naftali Bennett said that Israel is preparing for a large wave of Aliyah, Jewish immigration, in light of the war. He said it is a challenge for the state of Israel, but it is a challenge that we withstood in the past time after time. 
He added, moments like this in which the world is facing an upheaval and Jews are no longer safe where they are remind all of us how important it is that there is a home for Jews, whoever they are, and how important it is that we have the state of Israel. And that part, I definitely agree with the prime minister. Um, I've said it before. It is the, unfortunately, unfortunately, the worst case scenario where Jews have to flee where they are. Um, But at the end of the day, that is one of the reasons there is a state of Israel to take in Jews in distress wherever they are in the world. Um, We'll see what happens between now and next week, next week's show, in terms of the situation in the Ukraine uh, with Russia. We'll see where things stand. A JNS reported this morning that two police officers were wounded again early on Sunday in a terror attack in the old city of Jerusalem, according to Israel police. The terrorist, the assailant, was neutralized, uh, and he later died of his wounds, neutralized by officers on the scene. The suspect arrived at the Huta Gate in the Muslim quarter at about 4.30 a.m., drew a knife, and attacked two officers. Um, other officers present on the scene opened fire, neutralizing and killing, uh, killing the terrorist. So, again, um, unfortunately, we see this almost towards the beginning or during the holiday of Ramadan every year. Somehow, um, what's supposed to be a holiday for the Muslims is turned, uh, gets turned time and time again into a desire for uh, more bloodletting. And it happens each and every year, almost like clockwork. Again, let's not forget about the daily attacks which happen here. 10 to 15 to 20 rock and firebomb attacks which take place during the year. But we see these type of attacks more and more as we head towards the holidays, the Muslim holidays. Unfortunately, that has been the case um, for a very, very long time. I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it doesn't lead to more and more attacks. But we're, here's the first as we're headed towards Ramadan of a potentially, it could have been, a horrific terror attack. Thank God for the alert. Soldiers will switch a wish a speedy recovery um, to the uh, to the police officers there and all the security personnel. Let's wish them safety um, as we approach Ramadan and throughout the year. Before we get to the interview with the people from High Lifeline, just want to bring to your attention that on March 13th and 14th here in Jerusalem will be the second annual Begin Symposium. That is Prime Minister Menachem Begin Symposium. It is titled Securing the Nation, National Security, Jewish Security, Economic Security. It says here, the security of the Jewish people was paramount to nearly every decision made by Menachem Begin as a Zionist resistance fighter and Israeli Prime Minister. The Begin Symposium in its second year will set the stage for distinguished leaders from Israel and the diaspora to deliver topical commentary on the national, religious, and economic security of the Jewish nation and its people, which will interestingly parallel issues of an earlier era. Join an international audience and a renewed faculty and a renewed faculty for two days of enriching content, leadership development, and historical discussion. If you want details on the Begin Symposium, March 13th and 14th, here in Jerusalem, and I'm pretty sure you can join uh, on Zoom as well, or online, go to begincenter.org.il 
For details, again, beggincenter.org.il for more details, or you can be in touch with me, and I'm happy to get those details for you. We're going to take a short break right now. Come back with part two of the show. We haven't had an interview in a long, long time, but it's truly an honor to have the High Lifeline folks here on the program. My name is Josh Haston. This is another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Do not go anywhere. We will be right back. You're listening to the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. Broadcasting the truth and beauty of Israel to the world. And we are back. Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is March the 6th, 2022, Dalit of Adar Bet 5782. Hope you are well. Hope you are safe in your part of the world. And we are going to do, do something special here on today's show. I haven't had guests on my program in a very long time. We've been focusing on the news and everything going on. And of course, the war in the Ukraine. But there is a very special group here in Israel that I definitely believe warranted time on the show today. Childhood cancer survivors are journeying here in Israel and the Holy Land on a once-in-a-lifetime trip, part of the High Lifeline, High Lifeline organization. After two years of the program being forced to postpone due to COVID-19, a group of childhood cancer survivors, Jewish cancer survivors, are traveling to Israel this week as part of High Lifeline's annual Wish at the Wall program. The trip is High Lifeline's celebration of life for those who have completed treatment for cancer. Each participant is invited to share the memorable journey with a parent. So right now, I am in Gush Etzion, and we have three participants from the Wish at the Wall program. First, we have the director of the program, Rabbi Shlomo Crandall, the director of High Lifeline Midwest. Rabbi Crandall, welcome to the show. And we also have a mother and daughter duo. We have, we'll start with the daughter, Amanda Kaufman and Susie Kaufman, I believe from Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. It's a pleasure to have you on and welcome to Israel. We'll start with Rabbi Crandall. Rabbi Crandall, you've been trying desperately to bring this group back into the country. It's a unique trip and I've had the opportunity to experience it firsthand, seeing some of the childhood cancer survivors exploring the holy sites in Israel, exploring the archaeological sites, going to the old city, going to the Western Wall. For those who are familiar with the, the program in the United States, uh, also which grants wishes, I, the name slips my mind right now. What's the program called in the U.S.? Make-A-Wish Foundation, exactly. So this is similar to the Make-A-Wish, but Perhaps even more meaningful, you're here in Israel. Rabbi, tell us your experience. You've been here several days now after a long hiatus. Tell us what's going on. Well, well first, Aisha, I do want to correct one thing. High Lifeline is a lot more than Make-A-Wish. High Lifeline is a full program of services for uh, children that are sick that uh, really covers throughout the, throughout the world. We have, uh, we have offices uh, in New York, New Jersey, and Chicago, and in Florida. In, uh, in England, in Israel as well. And in Israel, it's actually called Chayenu. We have office in, um, in Israel called Chayenu. And we provide uh, a life-changing support for families that are going through very difficult and hard times. So this particular program that we do, um, the Hartman Family Foundation Wish of the Wall program, where 
we bring uh, uh, teens and young adults from, from uh, throughout the world um, to Israel with a parent to celebrate their, their good health. Uh, they spent loads of time in hospital rooms together with their parents. And uh, finally, after, uh, after recovery, uh, we come to Israel and to really give, give gratitude, gratitude to God and to, to rebond with our, with our parents. And a truly amazing organization. Amanda, let's turn to you. And again, feel free to share as much or as little about what you went through um, surviving cancer. And tell us, I know you've been here, what, three, four days now. Tell us what this trip means to you, Amanda. So I was diagnosed what, two days before my 17th birthday with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Prior to this diagnosis, which came completely out of the blue, I was actually a very healthy kid. I was um, a competitive figure skater for Team Canada. So I actually had the privilege of traveling internationally and competing at three junior world championships. And when I was diagnosed, my whole world sort of turned upside down. Not only did I have to stop school and, and stop being with friends and had to go through chemotherapy and surgeries, but of course it meant I couldn't skate anymore, which was really, really difficult for me to, to accept. Um, I'm really lucky to say that after my treatment, I've been in remission now for four years um, and I've been able to return to skating and, and really have regained my strength back. And coming to Israel, as Rabbi Crandall said, is really a celebration, is really a full circle moment where I get to share this amazing experience with my mom, who's been with me every step of the way during these dark days. And now we get to have a, a fun time together and the light sort of at the end of our really long, dark tunnel. So it's, it's, a, it's an amazing opportunity. And we're so grateful for High Lifeline for giving us to us. That's a remarkable story. So now you're now at 21, Amanda? Yes. So please, so please, God, you have four years to get ready for the next Olympics. And hopefully you will, you'll be skating for either Team Canada or maybe if you want Team Israel. That's I know is right. also, also looking for some talent. I actually interviewed a, uh, one of the figure skaters a few, uh, a few weeks before the Olympics. So I know they're looking for some talent. Maybe I will introduce you to Team Israel if you're considering that. Um, so, Susie, tell us what it's like being here in Israel. Thank God, seeing Amanda healthy, running around the country, and you experiencing that alongside her. What it's like? What is that like for you? Yeah. So, I'll just go back and um, reiterate what Amanda said, which is her five months she was hospitalized, um, and the two of us shared a very, very tiny hospital room because her her chemotherapy treatment was entirely as an inpatient, which is a little atypical, but because of her treatment regime, she was required to stay in the hospital for five months. So we were very, we spent a lot of time together, but maybe uh, under circumstances that um, one would prefer to avoid. And that was our first introduction to High Lifeline because um, without re realizing that we needed the help, High Lifeline just stepped in to uh, be present for us, to um, deliver us Shabbat candles and challahs and food and just case you know, support workers, volunteers who were there to just provide companionship and support to actually our whole family, to Amanda's siblings as well. And so to come full circle sort of a few years later to celebrate Amanda's health in Israel with High Lifeline, and we're, we're again sharing a room together, but under much different circumstances, like everybody else, we've been impacted by COVID the last few years. Uh, and so this almost 
you know, represents our emergence from the bubble of COVID, I can think of no better place to be than in Israel. It's definitely great that you are here. And Rabbi Crandall, what numbered trip is this? Uh, I know you had to take, I believe, two years off from the trip. In addition to uh, cancer survivors, every other year you also bring children with disabilities uh, to the program, to the Wish at the Wall. What number trip is this? And tell us, if you can, tell the audience what it's like from where you're sitting. How do you experience these trips alongside the families? Um, I, I lost count, but the trip actually was conceived by the Hartman family, um, I think over 20 years ago uh, in Chicago. Um, I've been on the trip for about uh, 13 or 14 years I've been doing it. Um, every other year, we have uh, cancer survivors. In the second year, we have uh, children with uh, disabilities, with uh, genetic diseases, children in wheelchairs and things of that nature. So um, this year was the post-cancer trip. And I'm proud to say that uh, we really, um, um, the borders opened March 1st, and we got on the plane March 2nd. Um, and uh, two years ago, we were actually here in February, right before the, the world kind of shut down. So right. uh, we recognize how important it is. And uh, once the opportunity was there, um, we uh, rallied and uh, we pulled it off. Uh, we pulled it off. We have from Canada. We actually even have uh, a teenager that we brought over from Belgium uh, that came, came on this trip. So uh, the excitement and the energy is really, it's priceless. It's priceless to see the excitement of the kids, uh, kids who, um, uh, some some six months ago, some a year ago, some two years ago, uh, couldn't walk. And today, I, I watched them walk up Masada. Um, just the, to think about that that contrast is just uh, just incredible. Uh, as their parents went in the cable car, as moms went in the cable car, watching their kids walk walk up Masada after being really really sick is uh, it's just a uh, it's just a, just such a blessing. That's unbelievable. Amanda, I want to know from you, I know you still have about six more days, five, six days left in the trip. You're just maybe uh, getting started, if you will. What has been the highlight for you so far? I know you have not actually, if I'm not mistaken, you haven't gone to the Western Wall yet. You have not gone to the Kotel yet for the main event, if you will. But you've been to, from what I understand, the Dead Sea, Masada, parts of Jerusalem. You came to Gush Etzion. What has been the best part so far? It's a jam-packed trip, and every everything we've done so far has been unbelievable. We went to um, Calibur Shalosh, and we got to learn about counterterrorism and and shoot guns. We went today to Masada and to the Dead Sea, and rode on camels at um, Eretz Bereshit. But I'd say the highlight, and something that can really only be felt in in Israel, is the spirituality of being at the Kotel, and we actually had the privilege of of spending Friday night there for Shabbat. Uh, you were there, okay, great. You we were there and I think we're going back, but I think it's extra special on Friday night when you just have um, so many people and so much spirituality. So that has been the highlight for me so far. That sounds great. Amanda and Susie Kaufman, I wanna thank you so much for your time. Um, enjoy the rest of your stay here in Israel. I know you're in great hands. Um, and, uh, and you should really enjoy it. And Rabbi Crandall, I just want to finish with you. If you can let people know how they can get involved in supporting 
not only this program, the Wish at the Wall, but High Lifeline in general? What can people do to reach out to you wherever they are in the world? Because it sounds like you have branches really throughout the world. We do. Highlifeline.org. Um, and uh, you could click there wherever you live. Um, uh, we, uh, we're all, always looking for people to, to support our work to, as volunteers, as supporters, and, um, and uh, maybe even most importantly, if there are people that are listening to the show that have a child who is sick, please tell them to be, to be in touch with us because we want to support them and, uh, and their families. Um, it's an organization where we're supporting uh, day in and day out. I think it's 5,000 children throughout the world. Um, and that's our mission to bring light and to bring uh, light to the Jewish people and to bring hope and to bring, uh, bring courage. And we do this by uh, working together with the entire community. That's Rabbi Shlomo Crandall, Wish at the Wall Director, Director of High Lifeline Midwest, who's overseeing this group here in Israel. I want to thank you so much for your time. Amanda and Susie Kaufman, I want to thank you for your time as well. I hope to meet you guys. Maybe there might be a chance that I'll meet you guys in person on Thursday as you're coming towards the end of your trip. I hope that happens. Um, but if not, either way, it was really, really a pleasure to have you on the show today and wishing you the best of health, only good things, and enjoy the rest of your time here in Israel. Thanks thank so much. And that is going to do it for today, folks. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. I'm so glad I got to do that interview again. For those of you who've been listening to the show, it's been a while. I know I've not had guests on in a while, just really with all the stuff going on in the news, the focus on that. But what an inspiring story. What an inspiring organization, High Lifeline. High Lifeline. Go to their website, highlifeline.org, or get in touch with me, of course, and I'm happy to put you in touch with Rabbi Crandall or the organization. Big shout out to Benjamin Bresky, our engineer extraordinaire, for making this happen. Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com. On Facebook, Joshua Haston or Josh Haston Israel Advocacy and Journalism. On Twitter, at Josh Haston and on Instagram as well. Everybody out there in the wonderful world of ours, wherever you're listening from, and I know some people are going through some extremely hard times, especially in Eastern Europe, wishing you only health, only safety. All the best coming to you from Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel, just south of Jerusalem eternal capital of the Jewish people in the state of Israel. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. I won't be chased out of Kiryat Shmona because it's my home. In addition, my wife was disabled in the use of both legs by a Katyusha rocket attack. Despite all that, I stay and will stay forever. This week on The Jewish Story, as Yasser Arafat and the PLO were amassing troops along the border, the city of Kiryat Shmona was facing bombardment. It all came to a head with the assassination attempt against Israeli Ambassador Shlomo Argov in 1982. With their ambassador critically ill in hospital after being shot in London last night, the Israelis have taken swift action in retaliation. The Lebanon War, Part 1. That's The Jewish Story with Rav Mike Foyer on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.